podcast is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. To find more great shows on our network, head over to the den.show. And I still get the pop up for it. This meeting meeting is being recorded by the host or a participant. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. I got it. Don't worry. We're in it now. Welcome. Welcome into today's episode of Highly Judgmental. I'm your host, Rob, joined by sports co host Devin. Devin, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fan-fucking-tastic. Wonderful. All right. Well, there's a few different sports stories to talk about here. First one that I kind of wanted to get to is uh, just kind of a a little thing that I noticed popped up. Um, All 32 NFL teams will now hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the 2022 season, part of a series of policies enhancements announced Monday to address the league's ongoing diversity efforts. Uh, the coach can be a female or a member of ethnic or racial minority, according to policy adopted by the NFL owners during their annual meeting, and will be paid from a league-wide fund. The coach must work closely with the head coach and the offensive staff with the goal of increasing minority participation in the pool of offensive coaches that eventually produces the most sought-after candidates for head coaching positions. So... It looks like uh, Flores' whole lawsuit thing is, well, made the NFL go shit. This guy's right. <laughs> so now all 32 NFL teams uh, will have to hire uh, a minority offensive assistant. So new policy is being put in place. So Yeah. And I mean, at some point, you do have to say good on the NFL for doing that. But also, yeah. at the other hand, it's one of those things like, well, okay, great, we have to hire this person, but now is it going to come down to candidate A over here is the better candidate, or candidate B, while he may not be as good, he fills a quota. Right. It's, yeah, I, I could see it like causing some issues, but I see that they're definitely going for for the most part, it's supposed to definitely be a uh, a positive moving forward. Yeah, and I agree. It's it's just there's going to be some people that come out and say, well, this is bullshit, yada, yada, this, that, and the other thing. But Right. They're going to say something. So, someone's going to come out with some sort of story like, hey, I have a perfect guy in that position right now. He's just not of minority. And they're going to be like, well, tough shit. You have to do this. And then there's going to be a whole big backlash and be like, oh, I don't like this role. And it's, I see issues with it, but I do applaud the right. NFL for making this a thing. All right. So sticking, yep. Feel good moments. Sticking with feel good moments is kind of, you know, thank you NFL for doing something correctly. I'm in a good feeling mood. So I want to talk about my man, Albert Pujols. Signing a one-year, $2.5 million deal to go back to where it all started, the St. Louis Cardinals. And he's pretty much telling his camp that this is it. So he's going to retire. He's reuniting with Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, the only two that are left on that team. 
And I'm pretty sure Yadier Molina said that this was going to be his last season too. I think he said that at the end of last season, that this would be his last one. And Adam Wainwright, he's got to be on his way out. So you could potentially be looking at all three of these guys retiring together. Yeah, and I guarantee you Adam Wainwright will probably make an announcement at some point, but he wants to give pool holes and he wants to give Yadier Molina their chance to let it soak in and let them have the spotlight for a little bit. And I'm glad you brought it up because as I opened up ESPN, that was the number one story I saw that caught my eye. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. But uh, I, I love that, the fact that he's going back and he's not doing that stupid, oh, I'm signing a one-day contract and I'm going to so play one pitch. <laughs> Bullshit. Nope. One year, so he's playing one right. more time. Which, I mean, but, what a career. Ten-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, three-time NL MVP, NL Rookie of the Year, NLCS MVP, two-time Gold Glove Award, six-time Silver Slug Award, two-time NL Hank Aaron Award, Roberto Clemente Award, NL Batting Champion, two-time NL Home Run Leader, and NL Arbery Eye Leader. And there's another one that I wanted to add, and it was the Fielding Bible Award winner, five times Fielding Bible Award winner. And your face right there says it all. I had to look that up, too, and I was like, what in the hell is the Fielding Bible Award winner? And how does that de- – it's basically a defensive award. And mm-hmm. I had the same question. I was like, how does this differ from a gold glove? They actually had an article about that which was perfect. So there have been some, I'm I'm reading directly quoted from their description. There have been some major differences between a player selections made for the fielding Bible awards and the gold glove awards. And there's a bunch of different like writers. So I'm just going to name the writers. I'm not going to name who they write for, but Peter Abraham said the fielding Bible awards are far more accurate and accountable than gold glove awards. Since statistics are used along with the opinions of an expert panel. Gold gloves are selected by managers and coaches that may have seen a player as few as six times all season. Jeff Baker said that the votes for the gold gloves rely largely on our players' past reputation. Jeff Wilson believes that gold gloves result, the gold glove results are unduly influenced by a player's offensive prowess. Derek Jeter, who actually won plenty of gold gloves, believes that many defensive factors cannot be quantified. And then Rustin, interesting first name, Dodd, Noted that people know that people point out the primitive nature of defensive stats, even if that's more perception now than reality. So, so basically, it sounds like it's a much more straight up defensive award. Yeah. Basically, if you're if you're a third base and you're getting no passed balls and you're making the play and you're making the throw across right. to the first baseman, rather than make that diving play and the throw from your knee, or an outfielder makes a catch but then makes a really good throw to prevent the guy from tagging rather than just making the super flashy diving catch. So it seems like it's focused a lot more on actual defense than highlights, I guess you could say. Right. It, so basically it's more about the fun, fundamental defense than, oh my God, this guy makes phenomenal pizzazzy catches, but still allows a bunch of runs to be scored. I like that. That's yeah, pretty fucking nice because to be honest, I couldn't tell you the last time a gold glove winner was strictly a defensive player. Right. I mean, Pujols, Pujols has two gold gloves, but has five fielding Bible awards. So right. It's just and I, like it's, I feel like the Bible awards are definitely right up his alley. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the last person I could honestly name that has a ton of gold glove awards would be Omar Vizquel. And if you give me one second, I can tell you exactly how many he has. Uh, oh, you got trading cards? You got trading cards? Not trading cards. Uh-huh. I have a gorgeous Omar Vizquel bobblehead. Uh-huh. 
beautiful. Eight. Eight gold gloves. At least as an Indian. But to be fair, when he left Cleveland and became a giant, I don't really think he did much. Yeah. So I think he finished his career with eight. Gotcha. All right. But I, I like that. I like how it's just a straight up like defensive award and it focuses more on the statistical aspect of it. And like this one guy said, it's uh, more accurate and accountable software rather than just being like, dude, this guy's making diving catches. He made three diving catches and threw from his knee. And it's just give him a gold glove. <laughs> All right. So Saturday is when we hit the final four Villanova versus Kansas, North Carolina versus Duke. Did you know that this is the first time North Carolina and Duke are ever going to face an attorney? Really? This rivalry, it's like their 286th meeting ever between these schools. And that huge, one of the best rivalries in college sports, probably the best in college basketball. And these two teams with this rivalry, historic rivalry, have never played each other in an NCAA tournament. It's always just been regular season or you know, like uh, for ACC tournament. Never played an attorney. So can that is quite shocking. Yeah. Can Coach K uh, get revenge on NC for yes, (laughs) for when he had his last game at Cameron Indoor and got yeah, did not get the farewell he was looking for. (laughs) I don't think anybody's going to stop Duke. It's just too much fitting of them winning the NCAA tournament yeah. to end his career. Sorry, my brain is not wanting to form sentences today. Right. But, yeah, <laughs> but I don't I don't see anybody stopping them. The only I think the only chance they had to lose was to St. Peter's because St. Peter's has been just fucking running wild so far. Yeah, they were on that but, tear. I think if St. Peter's had played Duke, St. Peter's would have pulled off the upset, but I don't see UNC beating Duke a second time. No. Coach K will dig into his bag and he'll figure out how to do it. And as much as I would like to say Duke Nova, I'm going to have Villanova actually just had uh, one of their players go down uh, last game, and it was reported that he does have an ACL tear. So he he was actually a big pivotal part of their team. So I don't think Villanova – uh, no longer has the players that they're needed to win. Yeah. So it's going to end up being Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. As much as I would love to grab my little dog Toto and click my heels and head on over to Kansas. Um, I, I got to go with the, the Duke, the Duke route and say, coach K rides off into the sunset with a championship. I would just like to say on the last episode, if this ends up happening where it's Kansas versus Duke. Yeah. I would just like to say I, in our last recording episode, I called that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cause I said, Oh, watch. I mean, it's going to be come down to, you know, I was like, it's going to be Duke in the final playing against, I don't know, Kansas. And it's just too fitting. That oh, that's how he goes out is winning it. I think I vaguely remember you saying that now. Yeah. Now that you mentioned the oh, Kansas part. Yeah. I should have filled out a bracket. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, and my bracket got tossed so fucking long ago. I had yeah. Gonzaga, um, Tennessee, Auburn, and Baylor in my final four, and I had Auburn win it at all. None of those teams made it to the final four. 
<laughs> so I was I was way out long ago. It wasn't even funny. All right, so heading over to some soccer here, and then there's two final sports stories, and one of them is going to I'm 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 getting I'm digging deep into that noggin of yours there, Devin. Okay. All right, but heading over to soccer real quick. Unless the USA loses to Costa Rica by more than six points, which is possible, very unlikely, they are actually going to be World Cup bound. Uh, Christian Pulisic, basically playing for the United States, has came and revitalized and like given a boost of energy to Team USA to help them make it to the World Cup. Whereas uh, Italy did not qualify for the World Cup for the third fucking year. In a row. You're about to have Italy not make it a World Cup. Wow. And all the United States has to do is lose by less than six, and they'll make it. Yeah. So this Interesting. is the third, the third time in a row that Italy has not made the World Cup. Yikes. <clears throat> what are you doing, Italy? <laughs> I don't know. But to be honest, like I love the country of Italy when it comes to soccer as much as I'm not a huge soccer guy. That has always been the team I follow for World Cup games. Yeah. And it sucks because I haven't even like, oh, they're not in it. USA is not in it. I'm not going to watch any of it. Yeah. Fucking even, don't care. Even when USA makes it, they never do anything or go anywhere. But now that they have uh, Pulisic, they might make a little bit of a run. You never know. And never it's men, know. right? That we're talking about the men's soccer? Yes. Okay. I yes. was slightly thrown off for a second. That is one of the cool things I will say about soccer. Is I do like how it's every four years for the World Cup. But the way that they have it broken up is you pretty much only have to go every two years. If you will, if you are willing to watch Women's World Cup, which Women's right. World Cup, uh, as far as U.S. is concerned, is like the greatest fucking thing ever because no one could mm-hmm. touch the women's world. So uh, that, that's always exciting to watch. But yes, it's every couple of years you get to see a World Cup. But this year is men's and it's in Qatar. So not the place I would have thought to have it, but hey, I've never more power. heard of said place. Qatar. <clears throat> that's where it's at. Okay. So, here's what I'm picking. Here's what I'm going to pick your brain. The Celtics have taken the top spot in the East. You go to back to like All Star break, and they're sitting like in the middle of like the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, these guys have been on a tear lately and just taken over. Now, pen throw. Your Cleveland Cavaliers since the All Star break have been six and ten, and have mm-hmm. now lost three games in a row. Devin, what in the hell has happened to this surprise team of the East who are now at the top spot in the play-in tournament, whereas a month ago they were sitting in third place? What the hell happened to the Cavs? Jared Allen went down. So much as that. So they didn't have to deal with all the injuries they had. Sexton's down. Rubio's gone. You brought in Levert, who still hasn't gotten used to the team dynamic. Then now Allen goes down. As If you've noticed, since Jared Allen went down, Darius Garland's efficiency has gone down quite a lot. And that's because uh, Darius Garland relies a lot on pick-and-roll opportunities to score. And yes, while I love Evan Mobley, he is not a very dominant, let me set this pick to stop him so you can score. Because he's just too light. Now, that being said, if you know they would play Moses Brown, things might be a little different because Moses Brown is a massive motherfucker that's got some bulk to him. But I think that, and it comes down to everybody's figured out how to stop three big men. We're too slow. 
mm-hmm. as much as I love seeing it, you need to bring in somebody that's faster, move Lowry Markin into the bench or put him at power forward since, you know, you're down a center anyway. Put fucking Mobley at center and put Jetty Osman at small forward. It gives you more speed, more maneuverability. But I just, I say maneuverability, agility. I'm sorry. And if once, same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And once Garland, or not Garland, once Levert gets, you know, a little bit more used to the flow of the team, I think it'll turn around. But at this point, to be completely honest, they could lose every single game the rest of the year. And I'd still be happy because we have clinched a winning record with tonight's win. We are 42 and 32, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we have a winning record the first time without a winning record or with a winning record without LeBron. Right. It's, yeah, even if they were to lose, it's, it's kind of almost like a St. Peter's story in a way. Even though St. Right. Peter's lost, it's just kind of like, dude, keep your fucking heads held high and look at what you guys just did. Even if the right. Cavs were to, um, were to lose, it was like a team that was supposed to win 20-some games 22 and a half. Yeah, we're predicted to win 22 and a half games, and you guys doubled that, more than doubled that, and mm-hmm. shocked everyone. But I think that they'll, even if they're kind of like going ed, iffy, like back and forth, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, I think they'll still at least at least make the playoff or make the play-in tournament, mm-hmm. and they'll make, you know, it'll, it'll make a little bit so, of excitement in Cleveland. So the best thing right now that could happen is they go on a tear, win every game from here on out, which is very unlikely. But if it happens, great. They'd be in a solid six, five, or four spot. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario is they are the last place team in the play in tournament, whatever. But what I think is going to happen is they are going to tie for sixth because that's the last spot before you have to play in a play in tournament. I think they're going to tie for six with Toronto. And we hold the tiebreaker over Toronto, so we get the six seed date, and then Toronto then has to play in the playing tournament. Even with Toronto just winning last night or two nights ago. So if we tie, so like say we both finish, you know, well as far as like the season, and, the season break, correct. Even with Toronto winning, we still have more wins unless we play Toronto again. Well, we not no, we've again. we've won the season series against Toronto. We are three and one against them this year. Okay, so then, yes, so even despite that, okay. Right, so So if we tie with them, we get the spot over them. And I believe in the NBA, the way it works is if, even if we finish with the same record and we both, and the season series was a 2-2 tie, it comes down to um, points for and points against whoever has the smallest margin, or the large, sorry, the largest margin. So say if you had 100 points for and you gave up 80 points, but Toronto gave up or scored 110 and gave up 80, they would get the sixth seed because they were 10 points better in the regular season. Gotcha. Is I believe how that works. Okay. So basically unable to establish a pick and roll because you have Jared Allen out, but Mm -hmm. is he expected to be back soon? What are we looking at here? I don't know the time frame for his injury. I can look that up. But I know they were saying he was expected to be back for the playoffs. Um, I don't remember exactly what he went down with. I want to say it was a knee injury. Shit, I can't find it. Return date. Yeah, it remains uncertain. This was two days ago. Gotcha. Um, And Evan Mobley just went down tonight, too, with a fucking ankle sprain. 
Well, that is unfortunate. Yeah, but luckily his fucking oh splint. So he has a broken finger, but it still remains uncertain when he'll be back. But in all honesty, I think if his finger is you know usable during the playoffs, they'll put him in and just call it a day. Yeah, but just like if they make the playoffs, I think Colin Sexton's coming back possibly. Don't quote me on it, but he's talking about returning because his rehab is going a lot better than expected. So, hmm. all right. Well, I actually just got a uh, just kind of off topic, but it's just kind of like some breaking news that I just got um, onto my phone. Uh, Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick, uh, 62 years old, dies from an illness. Oh shit! So mm-hmm. not not much gone into there. Uh, basically, Ottawa Senators. Um, had a estimated net worth of 1.21 billion. Holy shit! And yeah, it just says that he died Monday night from an illness, and he was 62. So, not 100 percent sure Let's on see. what all happened with that. I'm sure more details will come out. But yes, Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick has passed away. So, always upsetting oh. to see people pass away. Never mind. I was going to say, oh, well, they're going to win the fucking Stanley Cup now, but they are 23, 36, and 6. I'm going to say Ottawa, I think, is one of the lower ends. They are their second to last place in the Atlantic Division. They are down there. Okay. So as we kind of wrap up here, before we get into our picks, Devin, give me the number one winner. And well, I guess you can't really say. I know we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and say a loser too. Give me the number one winner of NFL free agency, and give me the loser of NFL free agency. Basically, the person who made a pick because you can't say like, "Oh, the Jaguars were a loser because they didn't do anything." Like, give me oh. someone who made a transaction, a big name. I guess you could say transaction, and you don't think it's really going to work out. And then give me the oh. top top transaction. So, do you want me to go off of my own personal opinion, or do you want me to go with like the national? What everybody's saying. No, this is me asking Devin, not not the national. So my personal opinion would be the Browns are a winner because they have a huge upgrade at quarterback once he plays. Mm -hmm. Um, My loser would ironically be probably the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Because while, yes, you brought back Aaron Rodgers, you just lost so many fucking players, and he's got nobody to throw to. Yeah. Who's Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? <laughs> Randall Cobb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Old I, <laughs> I am going to, as much as I want to say Russ Wilson, because that was a big move, I'm actually going to go a little bit off the beaten path here, and I'm going to say like one of the winners of all this was Buffalo and signing Von Miller. Because one of the reasons I feel one of the reasons why they didn't win that game against Kansas City was they were unable to stop Kansas City, unable to pressure Patrick Mahomes, which I know even when you pressure Patrick Mahomes, he gets out of the pocket and he throws a bomb and somehow gets it to work. But adding Von Miller, adding that rush to your defense and already high-powered offense, Buffalo just looks, looks scary. And um, honestly, uh, you're going to love this one. I think the losers were actually the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't – Trubisky was not – that's not the answer. You, you could have tried to make a, a move for Jimmy G. Um, I, I dare, dare you I say 
may go for Baker Mayfield. It's kind of a if you want right there, but it's, I don't think I don't think Trubisky was was the move. Unless you guys are just trying to use him for a couple of years and just kind of play even, and then hope that down the road somebody comes out of the draft in a couple of years. But it's yeah, that was I don't know. I almost I almost want to say you would have had a better shot with Rudolph. <laughs> See, here's he's the got a, he's got though. he's got experience with that team at least. Yeah, and you but lost at the Bruce same time. Yeah, and at the same time, though, Mitchell Trubisky, if you actually compare, like, Mitch Trubisky's stats to Josh Allen, ironically, they're pretty fucking close, like, for the first couple years. Obviously not, like, last year. Josh Allen had a massive growth. Should have won MVP. Uh-huh. But it's weird, like, if you were to actually compare, like, their first couple seasons, they were really fucking neck and neck. Yeah. It's just Mitch Trubisky was in Chicago and Chicago doesn't give a fuck about offense. Not really. It makes me worried for Justin Fields, but hopefully that yeah. all works out a little bit better. Because like I've said before, you think Chicago, you don't think top tier quarterbacks. You think top tier phenomenal defense. Yeah. I think Brian Erlacher, first thing when I think of when I think of Chicago. I was I was really just about to ask. And it depends on like who you were to ask. Like if you were to ask like your father, for example, I guarantee you he'd probably say Mike Ditka or somebody off of those Browns teams, uh Walter Payton. Yes. I believe so. I believe you are correct there. Okay. And for you or I, it'd be Brian Erlacher. Yeah. Because that's thinking. who we grew up watching. Yeah. Or, you know, Khalil Mack. Right, but I don't now think I don't think Jay Cutler is because Jay Cutler was trash. <laughs> to be honest, he's probably the best quarterback though that they've had in a long time. Because in my opinion, he is another one of those Matthew Stafford type players. He could get you wins. He wasn't going to do it flashy, or he wasn't going to make it look great, but he could still win. And that's all they think that mattered. They just uh, needed a decent quarterback. Yeah. Well, do you happen to have um, the NFL like teams pulled up right now? I do not, but I can right now. All right, yeah, go ahead and pull those NFL teams because I want to do something as we finish off before we get into our picks here. Just okay. I just got to pull up the standings or whatever so we can see all the teams. Based upon, even with free agency and everything like that and settled, obviously there's still a bunch of big names who are unsigned, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that later. Let's go for our... I'm going to say post-free agency because there are some names being signed, but most of the big moves have been made. Let's go over post-free agency division winner predictions for this new season. Heard So the way too early predictions. Go way, way too early predictions. Yes. I got you. Let's, let's hit it. Uh, in AFC East, that's a no-brainer. Uh, it's, it's Buffalo. Buffalo. It's Buffalo. I think the additions that Miami did are going to be – good i think they're going to work out i said it in a couple episodes ago or something like that i didn't realize um all the different like weapons that they have what they have cassette mm-hmm. they have jalen waddle they added tyreek hill they, they added they have a lot of weapons down there that i didn't realize that they had so i think miami will put up a fight but still not do that great but it's it's going to be buffalo and then obviously patriots are going to do okay and then jets well the jets are going to be the jets <laughs> so i think it's going to go buffalo miami the Jets and then the Patriots. Ooh, hot take. Because let's put it this way: the Patriots are going fucking backwards. Yeah, they are. The Patriots are trying to sign 
as many people that aren't big name on cheap deals. They're not signing big name playmakers. Yeah. Right. AFC North, uh, to be honest, I gotta give I just gotta give it to Cincy. Too powerful. I think I think even despite what's gonna happen with Deshaun Watson, whether he gets suspended or for how many games he gets if he gets suspended for the whole year, then Cleveland's gonna have to just look towards next year. Mm -hmm. If he's only suspended for half a season, I feel like Brissett can keep them in enough to where they can power through and they'll put up a fight in second place with Baltimore. Pittsburgh's gonna be at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Cleveland and Baltimore will battle for second place. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Mar Jackson is going to still like struggle. Which looking at yeah. this thing, last year they were one in five in the division. Baltimore mm-hmm. was holy shit. The one, the one win they had was against Cleveland. Yeah, so it's I think AFC North is going to be Cincy. Pittsburgh will be last, and uh, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see a last little battle between second, third between Cleveland and Baltimore. So I've got two different takes for it. Okay, if if and it's a huge if. Um, Deshaun Watson plays the entire season. The Browns, I think, take the division by only a game. Um, just because he is he has way more experience than Burrow. Yes, Burrow's played in the playoffs, went to a Super Bowl, but I don't he does not play well against the Browns. Um no. then then I think it'll be Cincinnati in second, then the Ravens, and then the Steelers at the bottom. If Lamar, if not Lamar, if uh, Deshaun Watson is suspended, which is very likely, even for six, seven games, then Cincinnati's going to take it. I think the Ravens will come in second and the Browns will be third. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I like it. So AFC South, got Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, Jacksonville. I, I don't. That's a big toss-up between Tennessee and Indianapolis, Houston, Jacksonville. I was going to be at the bottom. Uh, yes, you did add Matt Ryan, but is that going to be enough? You got Derrick Henry coming back healthy. Obviously, Tennessee is going to do what Tennessee does. Um, they haven't really made a lot of off-season acquisitions, but they haven't lost anyone. Really, they lost Julio Jones, but they had all the they were top third division without Julio Jones. So I'm just going to have to kind of honestly say it's going to go to where it's sitting currently and where they ended last year, Tennessee wins it Colts second Texans third and Jacksonville fourth. Mm -hmm. So I have to give the nod to Indianapolis um, because one Derrick Henry, I feel like at this point he, there's two ways of looking at it. I heard somebody say he is like a pitcher that has just thrown 200 plus innings seasons back to back. Um, I want to look at it like Derrick Henry is now, that car that we used to all have our first car where we held it together by basically fucking tape and used <laughs> parts. Um, yeah, I just think, and Ryan Tannehill's just old at this point. Well, he's not as old as Matt Ryan, well, I'll say Matt Ryan, old, Matt Ryan <laughs> but he's not as good as Matt Ryan. Um, I, plus Indianapolis just has a pretty stellar defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they allowed, I guess, 11, 11 more points than Tennessee, but Tennessee also played a lot, a little bit weaker offensive opponents. Um, but Indianapolis did have the better offense last year, ironically. Uh, so I give the nod to Indianapolis. And then I think Jacksonville comes in third and Houston comes in fourth. Okay. So, so they were pretty you know, one the year. For, I mean, 
I just think Jacksonville will take at least a slight step forward because they have a decent, competent coach. And their quarterback, the pretty boy, has actual fucking experience now, and he knows what to expect. Yeah. And Davis Mills is not winning you more than two games. Right. All right. So getting into AFC West, this is going to be the interesting one. Uh, Denver, Den- Denver's at the bottom. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. They're, you're not a bad team, but you're at the bottom. I understand you added Russell Wilson, but it's also just kind of like, I don't think he's going to be enough to compete with the rest of that division. They're going to do great. It's going to be extremely hard fought division, but I don't think that Denver Denver will improve. Maybe go right. nine and eight or something like that. Possibly 10 and seven, but I feel like it's not going to be enough to get past these other teams. Now in third place, I'm actually going to put the chiefs. I don't think they're going to, I, I'll agree to that. I don't think they're going to do that much. I feel like the Raiders and the chargers um, are too strong and put up too much of too good of a fight at the end of the season to where they won't be able to surpass that or surpass the chiefs in the division uh, this coming year. Uh, I'm going to give the division to the chargers. I like Justin Herbert and now you added Cleo Mack. So you've added defense to your team. So now you're defensive juggernaut and you're pretty much an offensive juggernaut. Uh, I know the Raiders also added Chandler Jones. So that's a good move for them, but I think it's going to go chargers, Raiders, chiefs, Broncos, but all of those teams, it's going to be, it's going to be hard fought for sure. It's going to be the most exciting division to watch. I have to flip the Raiders and the Broncos. I'm going to put the Broncos in second and I'm going to put the Raiders in fourth. Um, Because while yes, you added Russell Wilson, you also added him to a team that has a very good defense. Um, And the Raiders just, I think they're going to be a one trick pony, just like the Packers were last year. Oh shit. We're in a tough spot. Just chuck the ball up to Devontae Adams. Well, that's not going to work when you're playing a team that only gave up 322 points. All right. I like it. I like it. So none of us are buying into the Chiefs. Basically, they're saying no. Chiefs. Chiefs the- have been figured out. As much as people like to say they'll be okay, they added Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster. It's as cliche as everyone's talking about it. That is the thing. Patrick Mahomes scrambles. He looks for Tyreek Hill way the fuck down the yep. field and bombs. And he's, you don't and he have doesn't have Tyreek anymore. anymore. <laughs> you, you, you don't have Tyreek Hill. You still have Kelsey, Plus, but you double Kelsey. Old. Who do you got? Kelsey's <laughs> old, and Juju is, has proven he is not a number one option. Yep. So you needed, you needed him. You needed Hill. Mm-hmm. So that's where I stand on that. All right. Getting into the NFC. Biased? Yeah, sure. You can call it biased. Eagles take the division. I think Dallas is going to run into problems. I think Dallas, somehow Dallas does good every year. And then they get to the playoffs and they just absolutely shit the bed. But I feel mm-hmm. like Dallas is not going to do that well this year. I think that Washington is actually going to get second place. I feel like Carson mm-hmm. Wentz. I'm going, to, I'm going to say it right now. Carson Wentz plays the full season and wins comeback player of the year. I can see that. Carson Wentz does very well for Washington. And then he goes back to the normal Carson Wentz after that. Everyone gets super hyped for him. In the next coming years, he fades off as Carson Wentz. But he has that one good season with Washington because he did fairly well for Indianapolis. So I think he'll do good for mm-hmm. Washington as well. So I'm going to say Philly first. Because Jalen Hurts is a, a legitimate quarterback. I mean, he put the Eagles at a nine and eight record in mean, the second and got them into yeah. the playoffs, which they got, you know, curb stomp, but whatever. <laughs> and then I'm going to say Washington second, Dallas. I'm going to say you get third. You'll be an okay team. Uh, I, I can't say 500 because it's not an even 
record anymore. Yeah, but I say um, nine and eight, eight and nine, whatever. That's about our five hundred mark now. Yeah, it's five point two nine to go nine and eight, and uh, it's four or point four seven one to go eight and nine. Yeah, so kind of give or take. And Washington, Washington, and New York is well. New York's gonna be New York. They got a couple of years. Hot dog shit. They're gonna be a couple of years to figure it out. Daniel Jones, I think, can be their quarterback for the Daniel future. Daniel Jones is fucking terrible, but he's not as bad as people think. You just gotta Dude. build. You gotta build something around him. He Damn. has no options. He has no one to protect him. He has no options, and he has no defense to keep him in a game. So it's just kind of like it's the big old <laughs> shit sandwich there. I'm, I'm I'm gonna say this for you know Browns fans out there, Eli Manning. Was New York's Tim Couch? Yikes! <laughs> Fucking Daniel Jones is New York's Deshaun Kaiser. Yikes! <laughs> EJ Manuel was there. Brandon Whedon. Whew. Oh wait, that was EJ Manuel. Was uh fuck? He was the Jets. Buffalo. Oh Buffalo. Yeah, never mind. Yep. So ignore that last one. Ah. But still. He's basically a white, tall Deshaun Kaiser. I'm sorry. You run 80 fucking yards, get so close to a touchdown, then trip over your fucking feet. Bitch, please. <laughs> it happens. All right. Moving on to NFC. No. Oh, wait, no. Uh, where are you at with that one? Oh, I agree 100%. Oh, with mine, you're just going to go Eagles, Washington, mm-hmm. Dallas. Okay. okay. I think it's going to be a very close race, though, for second between Washington and I think it's going to be sorry. I think it's going to be a solid race between first, second, and third. I think they're all going to finish within a game of each other. Like Philly will go 11 and six. Yeah. And then it'll be like 10 and five and then nine and eight. Gotcha. Okay. So NFC North Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. Uh, I kind of like how it stands. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I might I might flip flop Vikings Bears. I think Justin Fields does a little go. bit better. Um, Kirk Cousins was uh, Kirk Cousins uh, getting too fucking old. Uh, uh, potentially up. runner up for loser of free agency if I didn't pick mm-hmm. uh, Trubisky. You uh, paid him thirty million dollars a year for one year, and he just not even done anything for you guys. Oh. He gave he gave you guys an eight nine record, and you guys were like, "Dude, here's thirty million dollars." Right. <laughs> I wish so, I could do that. Just walk out there, hand the ball off. And so I'll go make $30 million. Packers will find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, LaFleur is a good head coach. He'll they'll and Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. They'll find a way. Yeah. They'll create another superstar and some random wide receiver. We've never heard of, and he'll be the next biggest thing. So I'm going to go ahead. Packers, bears, Vikings, lions, lions are lions are the lions. I think the lions r- regress and go one in 15. Yikes. One and sixteen. One and sixteen. Or they're gonna go oh sixteen and one. That's possible too. <laughs> All right. So NFC South, uh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina. I just read those down in order. Uh kind of similar to NFC North. I just kind of flipped the middle two. I think uh Mariota will have Atlanta doing better than they were, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't think Jameis Winston was the answer, and Carolina is definitely gonna sit at the bottom. I t- I don't know why you guys are still rolling with Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't know. We, we were sad. hyped for him, too. Remember, we were like, dude, oh, I was so hyped. We were hyped for him when they had him at 3-0. I was and so excited. Had him at 3-0, and, and, and now they're 5-12. and 12. They won two more games. Entire now season. I look stupid. <laughs> I was but, right there with you. 
Seventeen losing streak to finish off the season they had. The longest one. You know who came in second with that? The Giants and the the uh, Ravens. The Ravens ended on a six game losing streak. Yep. And so did the Giants. Huh. But to be fair, I honestly think it's going to be Tampa Bay, New Orleans, because I think Winston does do fairly well. But then I think Carolina and Atlanta are going to flip. I don't think Mariota is as good as people want to say he is. Um, Yeah, he had that one great year, but analytically looking at it, his numbers are not great. And I think Sam Darnold will have at least seven wins only for the fact that he now has a chance to get used to the system. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, oh, fuck, this one throw could ruin my playing time here. But who the fuck knows? Yeah. All right, and then finishing it off, we're at NFC West. It's Rams, Cardinals, Niners, and Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to say it stays where it is right now. Rams, Cardinals, Niners, Seahawks. If Kyle Murray is indeed coming back to the Cardinals, he'll do a day last year. He'll have a good season. He'll be he'll be all right. Uh, Niners, I I heard that they're not actively shopping Jimmy G, so maybe no. they're going to roll with him. But still, Jimmy G is Jimmy G. He's going to do his yeah. own thing. And Seattle possibly even does worse than seven and ten because obviously you guys are in a complete rebuild. Right. Um, if you guys do end up going for Baker Mayfield, like everyone says you are, you're still going to end up seven and ten at best. Yeah, so going to be the answer. Quick, fun little fact here: the NFC West was the only division to finish with a positive differential between points for and points allowed. The every single team, um, which is kind of ironic because Seattle lost more games than they won. Yeah, but I think it's going to be Los Angeles, then San Francisco, then Arizona, then Seattle. Um, because basing it off of, you know, another Oklahoma quarterback we have, uh, I see Kyler Murray kind of regressing because he's just sadly too short. And while, yes, he can run, that only gets you so far. And with how they ended last season, I don't see them coming out guns blazing like they did this year. Yeah. Okay. I can go with that. All right. Well, those are our super early predictions. We are running very long. That's fine. I I am okay with that. All right. So getting into the picks, I had Arkansas winning and they lost. I had Villanova winning. They won and I had the Brooklyn Nets beating the Miami Heat and they ended up winning, which puts my record at a total of 19 and 10. I went two and one. And then Devin had the Bucks winning. They lost. He had the Cavs winning. And they lost. Of course they did. And he had the Nuggets winning, but they ended up winning. So Devin went uh, one and two, which puts him at 29. So I'm at 19 and 10. Devin is at 20 and nine. You still got that slight edge on me, but I did inch my way a tad bit closer. (laughs) So getting into the picks for Tuesday, I am taking the 76ers over the Bucks and the Mm -hmm. 1.5 spread. So not just the win, I'm taking the 1.5 spread. So all you guys got to do is win by two points and you guys get it. And they actually have identical records, 46 to 28. So yeah. So wait, be... Philly just has to win by two. Philly has to win by two. If they win by one, I technically am not, I don't get my win. Okay. I'd say we just say, fuck it and go for every single NBA game. Cause there's only one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five games played. 
We can always do that. I can always get rid of these. Um, the only reason I, mean, I, I had two others was because none of the other anime games I feel like are good enough matchups. I mean, there's a way down. I mean, it's just way to keep it consistent a little bit, I guess. I guess one thing that we always could do is we could just um go by uh make our picks, but just go by the spread. Or you could or you could always make the pick and just say, like, this team I don't think is gonna win, but I don't think you're gonna lose by X amount. So okay, yeah, that works. I mean, we can always do that. But I'll I'll second your thing on that Philly Philly win and the spread being covered because one point five. Literally, all, yeah, <laughs> that's a basket. That's all, fucking stupid. All Philadelphia has to do is just don't win by one. Okay, so I'm taking Philly, and you were also taking Philly. Mm-hmm. All right, let me write this stuff down. Rob, Devin, I your name wrong. Don't care. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> all right, so 76, 76 Okay, so next is Bulls, Wizards. Chicago is favored by three. Uh, Oof. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take, take that. Yeah, I'll take the Bulls. Yeah, I think the Bulls are going to blow out the Wizards. Eh, maybe not yeah. blow them out, but definitely win by more than three. Right. Pistons, Nets. Uh, the Nets are favored at home by 13. <sighs> Oof. Whereas I do like the Nets, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the Pistons. I'm going to take the spread pretty much. I'm going to take the. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say Brooklyn does not score more than 13. Yeah, does not. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit has found a way to keep every game there at least close. Yeah, so I think Brooklyn may still win, but I don't think that they'll win. So either the Pistons win or the Nets win by less than thirteen is how I get my win. Okay, are you doing that one as well? Yeah, because I don't see Brooklyn. They're good and they are at home, but I don't. Th- I think Pistons will make yeah. it like maybe like a nine, ten point loss. I agree. All right, so Lakers, Mavericks, um, Dallas is favored by 12. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the same for that. Actually, you know what? No, no, I'm not even going to do the points pair for that. I'm just going to take the Lakers straight up. I think the Lakers upset the Mavericks at home. I'm taking Dallas. You're going to take Dallas? Are you going to take the point spread? I'm just taking Dallas straight up. Dallas straight up, okay. Yeah, because there's no way a LeBron and AD-less Lakers team beats Dallas. I see Russell what, uh, Wilson. Westbrook goes off for 50 points. <clears throat> I still say it's not enough. <laughs> so I'll take the Lakers straight up. You're taking Dallas straight up. No spread. Mm-hmm. And then the final game is Jazz Clippers. Uh, Clippers are favored over the Jazz by one point, probably because they're at home. Um, uh, no. Yeah, no. I'm going to take the Jazz on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we both got the 76ers with the spread. Chicago with the spread. Chicago Detroit with Detroit to cover. We're spread. Uh, yeah, Detroit to basically either win or lose by less than thirteen. Yep. You took. Uh, I'm LA taking the, straight up. I'm taking the Lakers straight up. I took Dallas, and you're taking Dallas straight up, and then we both took the Jazz to cover to, to basically win. Yeah, the Jazz to win because there is no way for the there no points spread there. The Jazz are the underdogs, so Jazz win. perfect. All right, so those are the picks, guys. Five picks, so it'll, it'll cement. Um, a lot of it's kind of big here. So basically, I think the only way is to um, the only way we tie is if, is if the Lakers is if the Lakers end up winning. If we get all these correct and the Lakers end up winning, then we end up with t- uh, some more records. So we're taking the okay. taking the same stuff. All right, I like it. I like it. 
I okay. like the on the fly adjustments we just did. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> just kind of throwing some stuff out, throwing some shit to the wind. Just being like, all right. Here we go. This is our new stuff. All right. So that wraps it all up from us, guys. It has been quite a long episode. I actually do not know how long, but it's I know it's been about an hour. Long, about an hour. Okay. Wow. Wow. We whole week out. That's fine. Head over to the website, guys, highjudgmentpodcast.com. You guys can see all the episodes there. You guys can check out all the social links. Also, head over to that merch store because I just threw up some brand new merch. It's basically got our logo and a bunch of like little sports balls. Seeing as how now we are a sports-only podcast. So new merch is out there. Also, since we are a sports-only podcast, don't forget to go and follow, subscribe, and check out the socials for Metalhead Journeys. That is the music part of the podcast that has branched off and gone into a different direction and been its own podcast so how he judgmental is only a sports podcast the music episodes is now metalhead journeys with bill so go follow them and go check them out i am actually finishing up this episode and i am recording with bill as bill is going to be over in probably about an hour and a half so that we can record our newest episode it'll be our first episode recorded as metalhead journeys because Whereas Metalhead Journeys is going to have a bunch of episodes. It's basically just all the episodes we've already done that I'm just moving over and transferring over. But this will be the first one recorded as Metalhead Journeys. All right, guys, that wraps it up for me. You guys have yourselves a great day. I'll see you in the next episode. And stay fantastic. And go Steelers. Fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah, I knew I was going to get it with that one. No, not a fan. I might just have to stop recording if you ever say that shit again. (laughs) Our podcasts exist because of listeners like you. To find other great shows, head over to the den.show. Thanks for listening.